If you ever had any doubt that human beings were difficult, changeable creatures, just read today's gospel. In nine verses, we go from all who were present spoke favorably of him and they marveled at the appealing discourse that came from his mouth to they rose up and expelled him from the town, leading him to the brow of the hill on which it was built, intending to hurl him over the edge. Nine verses. What could Jesus have said in between to evoke such a change in this crowd? Well, the answer, of course, is that he challenged them. He spoke an uncomfortable truth about their unwillingness to accept him. Now, from what we have in the text, it appears that they were accepting him just fine, at least at the beginning. But he knew what was in their hearts. Their marveling at his discourse may have had a bit of a cynical edge to it. He called them on it, and before you know it, we have a howling mob of villagers with torches and pitchforks ready to do him in. Jesus pointed out that their words didn't match what was in their hearts, and his words nearly got him killed. Words are powerful, and they have the ability to hurt or to heal. We used to think that the ultimate test of our words was the question, is it true? That's harder to process today when there's so little consensus about what's true, and when our view of the truth seems to be shaped by our politics and not the other way around. Today, I think our words have to be judged not just on their veracity, but also on their kindness and their consequences. In John's Gospel, Jesus is referred to as the Logos, the Word, but he's also the way and the truth and the life. So I think we need to ask if what I am about to say is the truth, is it also the way and the life? Do our words reflect God's compassion and kindness and mercy? Do our words lead people to desire a deeper relationship with our loving God? St. Paul knew that words are easy it's easy to say the right thing and do the wrong thing. He writes, if I speak with human tongues and angelic as well, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong and a clashing cymbal. It seems like we hear more and more noisy gongs and clashing cymbals every day. But Paul also knew that words don't last. Prophecies will cease, tongues will be silent, and knowledge will pass away. But love never fails. This reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has got to be the most common epistle read at weddings. Probably 90% of the weddings that I've witnessed have used it. And it works well at weddings because it calls people to a deeper truth about love. Love is patient, love is kind, love isn't rude, love doesn't put on airs. I usually, in my wedding homilies, add a few additional lines to that. Love takes out the trash without being asked. 
Love does not put the good knives in the dishwasher. Love does not get into political discussions with the in-laws. Love is not the same thing as romance. It's not just a feeling that we have. And this was the, uh, the major insight of Scott Peck's classic book, The Road Less Traveled, from several years ago. Love is a decision that we make. It's something that we commit to and a commitment that we renew with each subsequent decision that we make. It's the same for love between two people and for the love that binds a Christian community together. It's not just a feeling, it's a decision, an act of will. So what I want to ask of you today is to make a decision to love. In whatever life you choose or whatever vocation God calls you to, pursue it because of love. Don't settle for a life that just feels right or feels good. Don't settle for a career or a relationship because it's the most logical, the most efficient, the most secure, or the most productive. Choose love every time. To choose love is often to choose sacrifice. Sometimes choosing love means choosing something that might be painful to me for the good of another or for the good of many other people. To choose love can mean choosing to act in accordance with the truth, even if it's unpopular or even if in the short run it makes you unhappy. To choose love means to choose your words carefully, knowing that they have the power to draw others to Christ or to turn them away from him. In the long run, to choose love is to act in accord with God's will because God is love. And so seeking God's will and acting in accord with it is what ultimately gives life meaning and joy. And that's why we should choose love every time.